Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. I am going to remaster my pilot episode, which I recorded in January of 2022. I had half a dozen white claws, turned on my iPhone microphone and started talking. And the subject was trying to point out the absence of a discussion surrounding a highly debated topics is the biggest problem that we should be addressing. No matter what side you're on, the lack of open debate in good faith is preventing the truth from being hashed out from the rhetoric. We spoke last episode about how you gather your information, throw out contradictions and develop an understanding of how all the facts that you gathered fit together. Then you talk it out with others, especially the ones that may disagree. You pressure test all of your ideas and your facts, again, throwing out the contradictions that are discovered, and then you whittle down that understanding so that the remaining facts fit together and can paint an accurate picture that lines up with object reality. I'm not going to subject anyone to listen to the original pilot episode, and it's not because the content is not engaging, but the quality of the audio and my energy level is very subpar, and I don't think I'm that interesting to overcome all that poor production quality. Today I'm going to provide you an abridged version of that pilot episode recorded over a year and a half ago because it is that episode that I want to record today in response to the Joe Rogan-Peter Hotez debate drama. And if for any reason you haven't heard of this, I will include some video links to bring you up to speed. This is only coming to light because the censorship has loosened up on Twitter, which is a huge point that needs to be appreciated. Because the censorship surrounding COVID and the vaccines has loosened up, the censored side of the debate is starting to have a voice, a platform. For the last three years, any skepticism, criticism, or questioning of an approved narrative was censored. So you have to ask yourself, why was it censored? And the answer many of us have already come to a long time ago is that, well, they need to censor the other side because the facts are not on their side. Everyone pushing the safe and effective narrative got to hide behind that safety shield of censorship, the safety of the herd, got to hide behind the ad hominem attacks to shield them from defending their claims. And I do want to make one more point, and then we'll get to the pilot episode. Three years of a global health pandemic where the data was constantly changing and no one knew exactly what to do. I think everyone admitted that much, right? A once-in-a-lifetime public health emergency with dire consequences, and we did not have one single public mainstream debate on the science, on the medical treatment surrounding COVID. Not one debate where the public health officials sat with any highly qualified experts to answer tough questions. So sit with that while we go back to January of 2021, where I said the following. Next up, we're going to cover a lack of discussion happening, especially scientific ones. So this has stood out to me from the beginning as being something that is so egregious, so obvious, and so in front of everyone. And I don't feel like people are appreciating what the problem is. 
I think we need to obviously identify the problem before we can attempt to have a discussion about fixing it. But to me, the problem is with the lack of conversations happening in the world in general, but I mean more specifically regarding medical science. The institutions where free speech spurs debates are essential to get to the truth, or at least weed out the things that are not true. And the only way you do that is with a good faith open debate. Now, I don't know what has happened with everyone's brain, but it seems to be broken and they can't see the failure of this to happen. When we are in a public health emergency, why isn't there an overwhelming cry to get the truth out as fast as possible? Is That is something that is bothering the hell out of me. All the people that believe there are issues with the vaccines or the medical treatment or whatever, whatever your nitpick is that goes against the narrative, you are unable to have a discussion about that. And no one on the mainstream side of things will talk to you about that. In a recent interview between Steve Kirsch and Dr. Al, I don't have his last name, from Harvard, there was some progress made on this front because two people that didn't necessarily agree actually sat down for a discussion. And the first thing that was discussed was how hard it was to have a discussion and why people won't have a discussion. And to me, that should have been the alarm bell going off for everyone because the doctor from Harvard said his colleagues and even himself are not willing to risk what will happen to them if they have public discourse with someone who doesn't believe what they believe. Now, your initial reaction might be, well, that's fair, right? People in the mainstream only have something to lose if they debate someone that's on the quote-unquote fringe. I, I got that. But what I really wish Steve would have said is, well, isn't that in itself the problem? Because if we're talking about a scientific debate where you got your numbers, I got mine. You got your studies, you got your facts, I got mine. We're going to discuss them, we're going to pick through them. We're going to throw out those contradictions. We try to get to the essence of what we're trying to figure out here in the first place. But people will not even engage in that because they are fearful of retribution from their employers or their peers. Think about how crazy that is. Because when I heard him say that, I was like, yes, that is true. But that, that right there is what we should be focusing on. That part needs to get solved first before you can even bring your data to the table. We can't even verify anything we think we know because we're not even having a discussion. The fact that the people in positions of power in the mainstream, people, people of influence, people telling you what to do will not talk to anybody on the other side of the proverbial aisle is the scariest, craziest thing I've ever heard someone admit to. And I really wish someone would have pushed back and made a bigger deal out of that because that, in my opinion, is the problem. I don't care what you believe, but you should believe this is a serious enough issue to warrant discussions from everyone. And if we're not willing to talk to the scientific fringe, because that's what they were labeled, then what are we doing here? 
you go through history, some of the best scientific advances, medical, mathematics, all of that shit, all big advancements came from the fringe. If everyone just stuck to the mainstream, no one would take a chance. We would not have any progress. So even if you label your opposition as being fringe, that's bullshit as well. You need the fringe. And yeah, a majority of this stuff might not pan out. Okay, that's fine. But you need, you need that group of people that's shooting for the stars or at least asking some fucking tough questions. So when you shut down that and you admit you shut that down, how are we going to fix the problem? How are we going to get to the truth? How are we going to even figure out how to solve a problem? And this has been bugging me since day one. How are you going to fix the problem if you're not honestly trying to fix it? And it, it really frustrates me when people can't see that. I don't need people to think what I believe or see things through my eyes. But they need to see that point that no one's given this an honest effort to fix the problem. And the best reason we can come up with why there's no proper debate on topics that people, scientists, doctors, you know, other qualified individuals disagree with is because the people in the mainstream are worried about what is going to happen to them. I'm sorry, you need to ask yourself, why are they so afraid? I can't think of any scientifically justified reason not to debate someone who thinks there is a problem with what you're saying or with what you're doing or what you're working on or what you're experimenting with. I get not being able to call people out because everyone's so sensitive and they can't handle it. But I always thought, I, I guess naively, that the science community, the science was immune to that because that's what they signed up for. Scientists are wired in a certain way. And that's not a coincidence. You need people wired a certain way to be able to have the discipline to practice science. They get all geeked up to prove shit right or wrong. Because at the end of the day, the truth, the, the facts, the real shit matter to them. I mean, that's why you get out of bed as a scientist. And especially in today's day and age where we're in a global health emergency, like what an opportunity to make a name for yourself, to challenge the mainstream narrative. A global health pandemic is like the Super Bowl of science. Every scientist should have a freaking hard on for this. Asking questions, poking, prodding. Because I thought at the end of the day, that was the goal. For the greater good and the fact that people will not have a debate because they're worried about repercussions, in my opinion, is the single biggest hurdle in legitimately fixing a known problem. And now, obviously, I understand it's in no one's best interest financially to solve this thing tomorrow, right? Never let a good emergency go to waste. I get all that. But I don't get the people that are in the middle. And by the way, they're paying for all this shit. I feel like this has divided so many families. What side of the response are you on? You're either in camp mainstream or you're the fucking crazy guy. However, the one thing that should unite everyone is an effort to get this over as quick as possible and to find the truth, to find the facts, and if something isn't working, to acknowledge it and try something else. And you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to give a shit about politics. You don't even have to be very smart. 
All you need to do is apply that one shred of critical thinking that you should have in your brain because you're human and ask yourself the one question. Why are people in power so scared to talk to people that think they're doing something wrong or they could be doing it better or simply disagree? I can't think of a reason and that's the point. I shouldn't have to sit here and speculate what the reason is because we shouldn't even be here. This should be on fucking C-SPAN, should be running public debates with scientists, the scientific community, doctors, all areas of this with open disclosures of what they're finding, pulling back the curtain and talking about what's actually happening out there. But no, that didn't happen. It's all hush-hush behind closed doors. Trust us, you're crazy if you don't believe us. We're trying to do what's in your best interest. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here trying to remember the last time the government did what was in my best interest. They don't know. They don't care. You can tell that by the way everyone is acting. Why don't we have the entire scientific community on every channel engaging in debates with everybody they don't agree with? I mean, if the science and the facts are on your side, it should be a pretty easy debate. I mean, think about that part. If you're right, and you think you're right, and you have all the data, you think you're correct, and you think the person you're going to talk to is wrong, why wouldn't you take that opportunity to debate them? Enlighten them. Change their mind. That's the whole point of politics. That's the whole point of debate, to change people's mind. You do that by offering facts. Stop pushing these people into the shadows. Educate them. Show them the secret documents, you know, whatever. If you're so convinced you're right, what are you so afraid of? And scientifically speaking, anytime someone was so convinced they were right and kind of skipped the science because they just believed, that doesn't end well. When the consensus, when the people stopped doing actual science and just rode the consensus wave, it doesn't end well and it's not ending well here. And that doesn't mean the other side's right. It just means that the other side that's yelling the loudest that won't talk to anyone else, history is not going to look fondly on that. It never does. It never pans out for those people because that's not how science works. And it's tough. I swear to Christ, when people use the word science and they don't immediately just defend and focus on the scientific method, I want to slam my head off the desk because they're confusing the people that don't know any better on what science actually is because we should be practicing it not preaching it. Right, left, Democrat, Republican, independent, progressive, libertarian, constitutionalist, Green Party, Rainbow Party, whatever. We do all have a common goal of putting this thing in the rearview mirror and hopefully learning a lesson from it so it will never happen again. But that will never, ever, ever happen until there's an open discussion about it. All right, that was my abridged version of my pilot episode recorded in January of 2022. So my frustration still stands today, and I cannot understand why the lack of debate is being tolerated by anyone. The best reasons the experts can give on not debating, uh, oh, they're bullying me because the, the people we've been smearing and slandering, dismissing, censoring, while also calling them right-wing white supremacist fascists, They're bullying me online. Or the, you can't debate a conspiracy theorist, it will only give them credibility. Okay. If an expert has all, like I just said, if the expert has all the facts and information on their side, 
and they're talking to a person who just believes in something without, without any evidence, won't that person be exposed like rather quickly by the truth? I'll give you an example. It'd be like if someone who sailed around the world twice and they only used the stars to navigate. If they got into a debate with a person who thinks the earth is flat. Now, the sailor is in no danger of giving the flat earth guy credibility because real quick in this discussion, the flat earth guy will run into a problem. If the earth is flat, how can I make two trips around the globe using the constellation and the stars that happen to be only visible in these certain parts of the earth that line up with the seasons where, you know, the earth is in relation to those stars over in other planets, etc. I see all of those facts fit together without contradiction. When I'm in the Pacific, I see this star. When I'm in the Atlantic, I see this star. And then when I go back around again, I see all the same shit. And also, how do you explain two laps, right? If the flat, if the earth is flat, how do you reappear in the other side at the beginning again. If the earth is flat, it either goes on infinitely or it ends somewhere. How does it bring you back to where you started? So not debating people who you think are inferior in knowledge is not how science works. There are not qualifications needed to practice science in the scientific method of discovery other than a strict adherence to the process itself. Science is a process of determination and of predictive outcomes. A process with no shortcuts, no fucking minimum qualifications to, to practice. Science can only flourish in an environment of free speech. Quoted Einstein on that about 100 times in this podcast. So I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen. If we have not had free speech or an open good faith debate with all the viewpoints expressed and discussed, if we were not able to weed out contradictions and put the facts together in a way that forms an understanding, if we were unable to do any of the proper work required by science to function, were we doing science? So in my opinion, any expert claiming people should take a risk with their bodies to follow their recommendations does not have any reason not to defend his position and enter into a good faith debate with people he's telling to take a risk. Remember, these experts who are trying to compel you to take an experimental medical procedure with huge risk and no long-term safety data, those experts will not have to deal with the consequences to your health. Shit, they don't even have to defend their recommendation. So please check out this Joe Rogan, Peter Hotez situation. Because Peter Hotez is very likely a successor to Dr. Fauci. He could be leading the National Institute of Health. He's a vaccine maker, he's a big pharma shill, and he has a net worth of over $35 million, who has been wrong at every turn over the last three years, he's been slinging the mud. He's been calling everyone conspiracy theorists. And he's chickening out from a debate on the topic he claims to be an expert as. So please check out the links. And I'm going to leave you with his greatest hits in chronological order. Thanks to an amazing compilation by Matt Orfala. And notice it starts with you can't trust the mRNA vaccines because that's when Trump was president. 
And then it just changes all the way to, well, you may need monthly boosters. So enjoy the circus and count how many times the goalposts move because the only recommended action step to prevent infection and transmission, well, I mean, the only action step not to kill anyone, no, no, the only action step to prevent hospitalization, no, no, I mean, the only action step to prevent death, I, I, I mean, it's safe and effective, okay, so just shut up and support Ukraine. One of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then <laughs> something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep, that's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're, they're both really good. Back, they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You gotta call now. If you wait, uh, it's gonna be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children. Vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. A few moments later. We're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. This is a three-dose vaccine. But I'm not done yet. That third immunization. The problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh God, not this again. A fourth immunization, oh just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization. Four. A fourth immunization. Get that second boost. A second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation. A fourth immunization. But I'm still not done. One semester later. Unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up. And so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster. Uh, Willie and Lise were saying they got their booster and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they, they were talking about the third shot. And is that the bivalent or is it the fourth booster or does it matter? Like, uh, Don't worry so much about the number of There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster. You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is, is doing a much better job. You, you have, have to get, get a booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. That bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. Yes. And by the way, if you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters and more than four, two, or th two to four months out, you're going to need a third booster as well, a fifth immunization. Five! I don't think we're going to need an annual booster like flu. Eventually. Dr. Hotez supports yearly boosters, just like flu. But I'm still not done. It looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like. Um, and, and, and I think 
our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every you know few months we may need another booster uh, uh, uh. perfect results each and every time you know we just could not overcome that massive disinformation campaign these fake concepts of herd immunity and discrediting masks well, dr hotez you are a national treasure it is picking off young people like we've never seen dr peter hotez that was extremely informative disinformation that you're hearing that kids are fine it's nonsense kids need to get that vaccination. You healthcare workers have been our saviors. Watch out for that misinformation. Dr. Peter Hotez is probably one of the smartest people on this topic. If you haven't gotten your five and ups vaccinated yet, now's the time to do that. Dr. Peter Hotez, thank you for saving the world. They also support giving the third immunization for the 12 to 17 year olds. People have to feel safe. Dr. Hotez, you are a voice of reason. Take down the fake information. These fake concepts of herd immunity. Our last hope is to vaccinate our way through this. Make certain that everybody's vaccinated including their kids. That's the single most important thing right now the American people have to do. Dr. Peter Hotez, you're the person that we like to go to uh, for this sort of expertise. The single most impactful thing you can do is make certain that you're fully boosted and preferably two boosted.